Welcome everyone to Corridor Conversations. This is Mahmoud speaking to you from Corridori. Today I have a special guest who's going to step out with me again into my corridor and have a conversation. And today we're going to have a conversation about the hero's journey. So actually we're going to take a journey together down a corridor and see where that may lead us. With me today is, again, somebody who's really special to me. Her name is Nayla, and she also has a special nickname. We'll get to that maybe later, but she's also known as the Punnovator. And so I cordially, perhaps I should say, corridorially invited <laughs> her today. Thank you very much. So you. uh, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can talk about your hero's journey and uh, how that may help us understand how to dislodge our state of being and mindset from a state of emergency and fight or flight and think about how we can uh, go beyond that, especially living in a world today that is characterized by uncertainty, unpredictability and total chaos. Uh, so yeah, over to you. Thank you for uh, having me. It's always interesting to uh, start conversations with you. Thank Just you. Just like I used to, because uh, like in your corridor, actually in the university corridor. And uh, I'm very glad that our paths crossed again and we created another corridor. Absolutely. Which is actually uh, Lab. Uh, so, yeah. I wanted us to have a chat uh, as we pace ourselves down this corridor about uh, the idea of the hero's journey. For those of you who don't know what the hero's journey is, there's a guy called Joseph Campbell. He was a professor. He studied, I think, literature and history, and he, he was into mythology. And he looked at so many different myths around the world, and he found something peculiar about them, that they have something in common, especially when, they were, when it's myths about heroes and their journeys. Um, and he found a pattern in all the myths that he studied. Uh, even if they came from cultures or separated from one another by space, time, history, there was a, a common pattern. And upon looking at this pattern, he, he put it into a model which he called the hero's journey. And this has really influenced both Naila and my life as individuals and also as professionals at lab. And so I thought we could uh, talk about it today a little bit and see how it could inspire us and others to again think about uh, their journey especially as they go through these trials and tribulations that everybody's currently going through living in this uh, uncertain world. So what, what, does, what does the hero's journey mean to you? Let's start by you personally. Like when you first learned about this hero's journey, and maybe we can slowly talk about what it means, what it is, but for your own life, how, how has this impacted you? Well, if I want to, uh, to like take, take a step back or like uh, like look at from a bird's eye view at my life I think the moment I got introduced to the hero's journey I realized that I was stuck in one of the stages and it's a it's a beautiful um, meta level to look at your life mm -hmm. because it um, once you realize that there is a pattern that everybody goes through and people go through this pattern uh, the monomyth more than once in, in their lives mm -hmm. and you, you can even go through it internally psychologically or externally with the outside world you realize that you you kind of own your narrative you can own your narrative and you can change it and you can actually do something about your life and 
I think maybe the most important part of the hero's journey for me is the first gut feeling you get when you're very uncomfortable, when there's a lot of uncertainty in, in any domain of your life or in any, any feeling you get that is really uncomfortable, this is a call to adventure. This means that there's a journey that you have to take and right now you're a hero on a journey. So you either take it or you leave it. <laughs> if you take it, there are consequences, and I don't mean it in a negative connotation, but if you leave it, there are consequences, and I do mean it in a negative connotation. Amazing. Okay, so we've, you've dropped in a few terms, such as the monomyth, the, the state that you get stuck into, maybe the status quo, the, the ordinary world that we get stuck into, uh, stuck in, and also the idea of a call to adventure. So do you want to just explain what those are very briefly and then... Yeah, sure. All right, yeah. Sure, okay. So let's imagine a circle. Mm -hmm. And this circle is cut in half horizontally. The upper half of the circle is uh, the ordinary world where everything goes business as usual, where everything is uh, very clear, very... Um, it's, it's known, mm -hmm. all right? So there aren't any uncertainties or any mysterious stuff happening. It's all usual. Mm -hmm. And then the second half of the circle, the lower level, is the unknown world. It's a world full of both possibilities and also a lot of unknown things that some of them could really be unpleasant. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the hero's journey starts with the hero being at, let's say, 12 o'clock, in the status quo and the, this hero is living life as usual but then at some point this hero gets a call to adventure and this call to adventure causes hesitation usually because this means that you have to leave ordinary life or leave whatever you're doing uh, like your comfort zone yeah, or, yeah exactly exactly you have to leave your comfort zone and you have to venture into the other half of the circle which is the unknown yes and there's a lot of uncertainty and you, you, people usually hesitate. So the hero hesitates a lot. Do I take this call to adventure? Do I refuse to take it? So this is where there is an assistant. And this assistant can be um, a human being. It can be an idea that you bump into. It can be uh, something that you did and you felt like, wow, I love this. So it could be a feeling, it could be an experience. And Something I, you need to nudge you exactly. to just cross you know, that threshold between the ordinary to the, to the mysterious world. Exactly. Right. Something that tells you, you know what, it's worth it. Give it a try. Let's say this hero got the assistant and then this hero reaches the threshold, which is the, this thin line between the ordinary and the, and the unknown world. And at this line, usually, this person is faced with um, something that we call that Joseph Campbell calls uh, guardians. Mm -hmm. So these are the guardians of the gate between the two worlds. Mm -hmm. And they're usually, uh, they usually sound like this. Uh, you already have a comfortable job. Uh, you know, the situation is really bad. If now you, if you shift career, um, maybe, maybe you won't succeed. Maybe you'll lose a lot of money if you invest in this. And so on and so forth. So this is what um, they sound like. And these guardians are really smart because they know you really well. Yeah. So they know exactly what to tell you 
in order for you to, to, to turn, turn around and just go back. And sometimes they're not, uh, sometimes there are voices in your head and sometimes mm-hmm. there are people in your uh, surroundings. Exactly. And sometimes there are things that we consider like as uh, signs, you know, like I've felt like the signs are not telling me that this is a good thing to go, you know, the, mm-hmm. you just, you give yeah. yourself enough reasons. Yeah, the stars are not aligned yeah. enough. The omens are not exactly. working for me exactly. right now. Yeah. I'll start on Monday. That's, yeah, 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 that's yeah. another one. <laughs> So yeah, let's say you you uh, face these guardians and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna try. I'm gonna give it a try. Mm-hmm. You cross the threshold and you jump into the unknown world. This is where you start with little uh, fights that you that you do fights with ideas. Heroes usually have physical things to fight, but I guess we don't. It's not always the case in mm-hmm. our world. We wish sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> just that the enemy, which or whatever challenge we're trying to face, is, is a physical thing in front of us, like a, you know, a, a monster, a dragon, whatever, a, a mythological yeah. figure. We wish, but yeah, sometimes it's, it's sometimes easier to just look at it yes. and be able to hit it. Yes. So you you go through these and you're battling these uh, enemies and you're winning some mini wars and. All right, you're getting you're getting warmer, and you're almost at six o'clock. And throughout this journey so far, you've been preparing yourself for something that is much deeper, something mm-hmm. that is like fundamental to to this whole journey. And so you're you're winning some battles. Sometimes you lose a bit, but then you get yourself together, and then you keep moving on. Uh, but sometimes you get a very big slap on the face and this very big slap on the face gets you to question if you should uh, keep on going because you know that this is only going to get harder. So usually this happens with, uh, with heroes. Uh, they lose their superpowers for a second and then you feel like the, the, the movie is getting into a place where the hero loses uh, hope mm-hmm. and the hero decides that they don't want to uh, move anymore or they lost sense of life or purpose. But then something happens. Are you speaking of the darkest hour? This is the darkest hour or not yet? Not yet. Not yet, okay. Not yet. Because everything that happened so far, even the frustrations that you go through, are part of you facing your darkest hour. And subconsciously you know that. You know you're going to get to a cr- very critical point. And all of these turbulations are just there to prepare you for the dragon in the cave. Yes. So we got to six o'clock, the bottom of the circle, the exact opposite of the status quo you were in, where you have to face your deepest, darkest fear. It could be the job that you're leaving and then jumping into a new job. It could be a relationship. It could be traveling to a whole new country and starting over. It could be anything. Or it could be something inside you. It could be realizing a part of you that you've been hiding away for so long. Mm. It could be recognizing that you are hurt because of something and then everything else you're doing is because you were hurt. So it could be something within you or something uh, that is not within you, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. So this dragon is very scary. But behind the dragon, you know that there's a treasure. So the Mm. dragon is basically hiding a treasure. And it's so interesting that you find the dragon and similar mythological monsters in all myths. And yeah. they sometimes symbolize the greatest challenge that one has to overcome. 
or the greatest, yeah, the greatest challenge that the hero has to face. It's the big monster that is, you know, lurking out there up until the hero confronts it. But it's, it's usually very terrifying for the hero. And it's very interesting uh, also to, to realize that all of these stories, usually the dragon has the exact opposite characteristics of the hero. And this, uh, this duality is there for a very good reason. It's not haphazard. Mm-hmm. Because if you think of it, psychologically we go through this. When, we, uh, when there is, for example, something in us that we are not acknowledging, or there's a, I don't, I don't know, like sometimes you realize that you're doing something and it's annoying you, or somebody else is doing it and it's really annoying you, it's triggering something in you. But then this dragon is sometimes a mirror. And you just mm-hmm. look at the dragon and you realize that, okay, in order to conquer the dragon, I don't, I don't always have to slay it. Sometimes I just have to accept that it's the part of this dragon is in me. Mm-hmm. And what am I going to do about it? So let's say you slayed the dragon or you accepted that this dragon may be part of you. This is where you get the treasure. And the treasure is a realization sometimes. Sometimes it's a real physical treasure. Sometimes it's an opportunity. Mm. Sometimes it's uh, really like doing what you really love. I, I don't know. It could be so many things. For each person, it's something different. So you get the treasure. But then if you just get the treasure and you look at it, what's the point? You have to go back to your status quo. And you have to change the status quo. So what happens is you take this treasure and you make a learning out of it. So if you, if you realize that this part of you that you saw in others and that annoys you, is, is a part of you, actually. And then you just move on with your life normally. Then you haven't completed the whole journey. Mm-hmm. What you have to do is you have to come up with a learning. You have to really transform this treasure into something that you can uh, use to change the way you used to live. So this is how the hero comes back to their ordinary life. But it's no longer ordinary because the hero is no longer the same person. Because the hero has changed because of this whole journey and because of the treasure. And this is how the status quo changes again until the hero gets another call to adventure. So to summarize, this monomyth that Campbell figured out that exists in most myths really traces uh, our psychological maturation on the inside. So it, it, as heroes, we are always facing challenge and trying to grow through the greatest challenges and the greatest fears. As Campbell says, uh, in the cave that you fear the most lies the treasure you seek. seek. And as sometimes you hear motivational speakers speaking about, on the other side of your fear lies your greatest achievement or your greatest potential and all that. So this is a journey of psychological maturation. And for tribes who use these myths as rites of passage for individuals and for them as a collective, to grow as a tribe and as individuals in this tribe, to mature psychologically and to be able to become mature adults who understand themselves better and who are able to face reality. It traces that, that journey where we always find ourselves in a certain status quo, in a comfort zone, in business as usual, and we get calls to adventure, but we sometimes deny them or ignore them because it's scary. Yeah. It's scary to to step into a zone that is terrifying and full of terror. Even to look deep inside of you, it's terrifying. And exactly. un- not unless we accept that, 
are, are, will we be willing to change and develop? But then we accept that call to adventure, as you said, using an assistant, an idea, a person, whatever it is that nudges us, pushes us, we cross the threshold and we go through trials and tribulations, fights, battles. But these, these many battles are, as you said, preparing us. And, and we're learning little lessons from, from them until we face our darkest hour and our greatest fear. And that's where the learning is. Not yeah. before, not in the status quo. It's where we are most terrified exists the potential for us to learn the greatest lesson. And then it's not enough to stand there and stop there, but to go back and, and internalize that lesson and use it to transform our status quo. So what was like a, a call to adventure for you? Like one of the calls to adventure that actually led you on a path to learn something amazing about yourself? tough question I mean I keep, I keep thinking of my parents honestly one of one of the cost adventures I got was uh, our colleague Sara Sibai at Lahab she sent me this uh, opportunity to to go apply and become a, a TEDx speaker and at first I was like I have nothing to share like really like what am I gonna go step on stage and talk about but then I, I heard a voice in my head and this was the call to adventure and it was telling me talk about your experience with your parents because I have deaf parents and this has really uh, changed the way I I perceive the world ever since I was young and I've and every time I talk about it before before the TEDx talk um, I used to feel uh, uncomfortable I used to feel like uh, like a victim to this whole situation I was in and it was pretty uncomfortable to talk about because I haven't internalized, maybe I haven't faced my deepest fear. I haven't internalized the learning. I haven't done this hero's journey. I'm just still living in the status quo. And so what happened is I... And, and, and that's where you feel like a victim the most, right? Exactly. Where you, where you stick to the status quo and you're, you're waiting to be saved. Exactly. You feel like a victim. Sometimes we self-victimize. And we exactly. keep ignoring those calls to adventures that might come in different forms, in different shapes. So I guess your guardians were kind of like... Yeah, they're really good guardians, yes. you know. Yeah. They're doing their job. <laughs> but actually, the longer you stay in the status quo and, and the more you refuse calls to adventure, the worse it gets. Mm. You, you start losing sense of life and things become very dull. And you, you stop growing, basically. And this is the worst thing you can do to yourself. I mean, growth is painful, and the whole TEDx experience was painful for me some, at, at many points. I mean, I cried a lot. So basically, I'm going to take you through this very quickly. Mm. I applied to the TEDx LAU. I decided, all right, you know what? I'm going to talk about my parents. I'm really uncomfortable talking about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So the first draft, I, uh, during the interview, I gave a, I gave a talk. And I was actually recently introduced to the hero's journey. So I talked, half of, half of my talk was about my parents and the other half was about the hero's journey. So I remember um, the curator of TEDx, Aliyu, looked at me and she said, dump the hero's journey, talk about your parents. Mm -hmm. And she was my assistant back then because she kind of forced me to really talk about what I wasn't uncomfortable talking about. And mm -hmm. she said, if you do that, you're accepted and then I said you know what I'll give it a try mm. so throughout this whole thing I struggled to like I was thinking okay so what aspect 
in my parents' life am I going to focus on? Is it the, the sign language, which is beautiful and so like it's such a resource for language? Or is it uh, the, my daily routine at home? Is it um, about my siblings? And is it about how I watch the news and I have to translate everything? And I kept dodging the dragon, which is basically how I feel about this whole thing. But then one night, my friend sent me um, a movie to watch. And this movie was about uh, a girl. She has a beautiful voice and she sings and she is born in a family of deaf parents and her brother is also deaf. So she's, only, she's the only one who hears. And so basically, um, her, her, whole, her whole family relies on her to, to survive, to communicate with others since she's the only interpreter they have. But then she decides that she wants to, to go and sing. And eventually this is what she does. But I cried so hard. I, like, I cried a lot when I watched the film because I realized that I'm still stuck somewhere and, and I'm looking at myself as the victim and I'm, I was limiting myself to, uh, to many um, imaginary frames mm. and boundaries. So then what happened is I remembered that there was one, one, this one time when my mom opened the door and I was in my room singing. And she asked me if I have a beautiful voice. And I remember that that was a turning point in my life because I, I looked at my parents differently ever since. And I decided I wanted to go back to this point and then build my whole talk around this. Mm. And as I was, as I was writing my talk, I, I, it hit me that what I, what I was fearing the most was me treating my parents the same way the society treats them. Very disempowering. Um, they don't provide them with enough information or resources. And the, and the treasure I learned is that, the, the treasure I got and the learning that came out of it is basically, um, I realized that I, I feel like I wasn't uh, doing enough. I wasn't patient enough mm. to sit in with this uncomfortable feeling sometimes and to uh, face the challenges that come along this whole experience to really try to provide the best experience for them, mm. the best interaction with the world that I can provide. Mm -hmm. And this has taught me a lot about myself, about my parents, and I'm glad I took this journey, honestly. Amazing. So, so again, in, in the cave you fear to enter, that you were maybe tiptoeing around for a long time, but not entering, and you tried to also you know, in your talk to get to integrate the hero's journey or other intellectual ideas. So they protect you from actually stepping all in. Yeah. But then when you were when you were denied all of these rationalizing and intellectualizing tools, you just plunged right in and, and, and you learned what you learned and you came back. Uh, that's fascinating. You know, I love what you said. Sometimes journeys are not about making sense of things it's mm. about feeling mm. really it's this it's this gut feeling you get please listen to it most of the times it's uh, a call to adventure mm. at other times it's just hunger so you mm. need to grab a bite mm. that's it <laughs> that's it if there's an uncomfortable feeling there's a call to adventure yes that's fascinating so one last thing how can this idea of a hero's journey help us step out of 
a sense of self-victimization, or maybe it's not self-victimization because we really, truly, a lot of us today feel that the world, we are the victim of the current world. In Lebanon, we are the victim of the government, the economic situation, the, the pandemic. Worldwide, everybody's going through similar, also uh, political, economic, and many other uh, threats and challenges. And we feel like victims. And we feel like, okay, right now we just need to live and in a state of emergency. And as long as we're surviving, which is qualified, but as long as we can survive, it's good enough. But what if we want more than just that? Can, can the hero's journey help us take a call to adventure? If it's not external, maybe internally. What do you think about that? And in the hero's journey, we speak of the, of the ordinary world as the world of the unknown. Of the known, I'm sorry. Even the world, the known world today, even our comfort zone has been also shattered in a sense and shaken up. We feel like there's no more comfort zone. So what are your final thoughts on this? Like what, how would you think about today? How are you thinking about how the hero's journey is helping you move beyond a survival mode of living? I think globally, the whole world is getting a huge call to adventure that we've been refusing for so long. Interesting. For so long. I mean, we've, we've been seeing countries uh, experiencing economic collapse. And we've been following the same structure that they were following. So how come we haven't seen this coming? Mm-hmm. We've seen countries that... Um, I mean, this is not the first pandemic that happens. Come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Regardless, like, if, uh, if there are conspiracy theories or not. But we know that we can handle public health better than that. Climate change climate crisis actually i mean like we've been getting calls to adventures mm. and we've been refusing them because it's very uncomfortable it costs a lot it costs governments it costs uh, individuals to change habits it costs time it costs a lot it change means pain growth means pain and it's very uncomfortable but it's so necessary because if you don't answer the call to adventure as early as possible look at what you get so I think um, what happens usually if the hero doesn't get uh, answer the call to adventure is, let's say the hero is getting a call to adventure to leave their job. They don't like what they're doing. It's a boring nine to five job and it's not the, the domain they're interested in. Mm-hmm. But they keep saying, you know what? It pays well. It's, uh, it's good right now. There's insurance and a lot of benefits and stuff like that. All of a sudden they get fired. Mm. You know what? Like every time you hear this voice, if you're going to refuse it, you're going to get a slap in the face. And I think the whole world is getting a slap in the face right now. So, yes, it's basically it's what you said. Now we we have already crossed the threshold. We can either proceed, mm-hmm. continue this journey mm-hmm. and really look at look look the dragon in the eye, which is basically our habits, what we're doing on a daily basis, the systems we're we're building and the the routine the, the horrible routine that we're teaching the future generations and the way we treat each other, ourselves and the world, we either look at this, realize it and then change it, make a learning out of it, or we're just going to go back to the status quo again once the pandemic recedes, once, I don't know, the cycle of the economy goes back to its first stage. And then we're going to get another call to adventure and we're going to get another big slap. But next time the slap is going to be way bigger. Mm-hmm. And the damage is probably not going to be uh, salvageable. Amazing. 
All right. Uh, and why are you called the punivator again? You didn't well, crack one pun throughout our conversation, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> well, let me think of one. <laughs> it's okay. You told us a beautiful uh, story that didn't start with once upon a time. Oh, Mahmoud, <laughs> you win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> You're the master. All right. Thank you, O Ponevita. Naila, for stepping into this corridor with me today and talking to us about the hero's journey and how that has actually impacted the way you think about yourself and the world. Okay, any final words? Uh, I think your phone is ringing. Is it? Yeah, who is it? I don't know, who is it? Oh, adventure. Uh, a call answer to that call. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So cheesy. <laughs> I will answer my next call to adventure and I hope that you all do as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, today and tune in next time for another Corridor Conversation with Mahmoud from Corridori. Corridori.